Welcome to another inspiring message from Milestone Church in Keller, Texas. Wow, what's up, Milestone? Everybody doing good? Hi, everybody doing great? Having a great summer? Enjoying yourselves? And so good to be with you. I wanted to bring you some hot and humid greetings, but somebody's already beat me to it. It's unbelievable out there. But I, I was, uh, my, my brother and my mom and daddy live up in Chicago, and it's hotter there than it is here, so we don't have much to complain about, you know? I wanted to just say, uh, it's so good to be with you. How many of you have been to Destin, Florida before? Let me see a show of hands. Ooh, man. How many of you think about moving to Destin, Florida? Let me see your hands. All right, all right, all right. All right. Don't, don't get Jeff mad at me now. So good to see you. So grateful for you. I got to just tell you, I love your pastor and his wife. Man, I just tell you, they're the whole package. And uh, don't you appreciate your pastor and his wife? And so grateful. So grateful to call them friends and so grateful to be able to journey with them and not walk alone. It's a beautiful thing to not walk alone, to have somebody with you and journey with you. And they're just, they're dynamite people. I love them so much. And, you know, Pastor Steve was right. He ha- he's the one that, you know, just anointed me with this title, the Apostle of Paradise. I mean, that's big time. I don't know if you realize that. That's big time. Yeah, so, so when, I want you to realize that when Jesus told the thief on the cross, tonight you'll be with me in paradise, they were going to Destin. <laughs> I was like, was that heaven? No, Destin. <laughs> now listen, it's so good to be with you. We're launching a brand new sermon, sermon, uh, sermon series called Summer at Milestone, coming into the summer months. And I want you to open your Bibles or, you know, click on your iPhones and, and uh, turn there, click there, just get there. Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to talk about some things today that I think is so important. Now, remember, our tagline is an encountering God. We want to, at our summer at Milestone, we want to encounter God, and we don't want, we don't want anything to keep us from having an encounter with Almighty God. Amen? We're all here because we want to encounter God, his power, his presence. We could be at the lake, you could be golfing, you could be doing any cooking out, but we're here. We took time out last night, today, this morning, the next service, all throughout our campuses and our region, online services. Hear me, because we want to encounter God. We want God, we want to connect with God. And I think it's so, so important. And one of the biggest things that we want to do is we want to be careful to not let anything get in the way or become a barrier to our connecting with God. You know, it was, uh, it was the rich young ruler. It was the rich young ruler who wanted to connect with God. And he came to him and he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I want to follow you. And Jesus said to him, he said, well, tell me how you read the scriptures. And he said, you know, you, you know, do this commandment, do that commandment, do this commandment. And then Jesus said, there's one thing you lack. There's a barrier between you and I. He said, go sell all that you have and give it away. And come follow me and have an encounter with me that you long for. And don't let money or treasure be the barrier to encountering a relationship with me. Money can be that barrier. Treasure can. That's why Jesus talked about it over and over and over. Um, how many of you watched the, the movie The Greatest Showman? Let me see your hand. Come on. The Greatest Showman. Isn't that a good movie? It was Father's Day weekend a couple weeks ago, and I wanted to. I was watching the U.S. Open for all you golfers out there. 
And it was great. My kids were grilling out burgers for me. And then the wife said to me, she says, let's watch a movie. And I'm like, okay, it's Father's Day now. So it has to have blood and guts and, you know, the kind of, you know, crime, drama, something, you know. And that was something I had in mind. She goes, no, let's watch The Greatest Showman. And I'd never seen it before. And I, I put up a fight and moped and pouted a little bit, you know. And I started watching it. I liked it. It was captivating. I lie. I mean, the music, never enough. And all that. I mean, it's just in my head. I mean, it's in my head. You know, I'm trying to worship the Lord. It's never enough, never enough. I'm like, wait a minute, that ain't God, that ain't Christian. But it's in my head. And so, so I'm like, my gosh, it's over and over and over in my head. And I realized that Jesus kept on talking to me over and over and over about treasure. But it wasn't for treasure's sake. It was for our heart's sake. He knew that treasure could be a barrier to really encountering Almighty God. A barrier from following and being all in with Almighty God. And so he began to address it. That's why he talked more about it than sin. You mean sin isn't a barrier? Oh, sin's a barrier. Don't get me wrong. But he knew Treasure was always that wedge from a real encounter with God. That's why in Matthew 6, where I asked you to turn, the Bible tells us in Matthew 6, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He said, I want to show you where your heart is. Is it really after me? Does it really want to encounter me? Does it really want all of me? Or is it a wedge between you and me? And sometimes we might think our heart's with the Lord. I think the rich young ruler thought that. I think he thought, man, I'm all in, man. This is it. I want it. But at the end of the day, Jesus showed him the barrier. It's kind of like sometimes when you lay down your keys and you're like, I know where I laid them, Jackie. I laid them right here. You moved them. You're hiding them. I know where I laid them. Jackie's like, no. But I can swear I know. I walked in first. I just dropped it right there. And sometimes we might think that our heart is... Where it's not. And that's why treasure will find your heart. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Am I making sense, everybody? Significant that we understand that. So I want to just show you some things that we need to do in our hearts and the things that we need to do in order to remove the barriers. Number one, for you note takers, and, and, and whether you're writing down notes or not, Ask God to write it on the tablet of your heart, please. To write it on the tablet of your heart. And the first one is this. I want to have a heart of honesty. I want to be honest with God. Uh, you know, I think the rich young ruler was trying to negotiate with God. You know, hey, you know, trying to massage the situation. And Jesus always speaks right to the heart of the matter and says, it's a barrier. I'm just telling you, it's a barrier. And you have to have a heart of honesty before the Lord. And just say, because how many know that God wants us to be honest with him and honest with ourselves? And to really be honest about where we are. And here's the question we need to answer honestly. And here it is. It'll come up on the screen. Do I view my money and do I handle my money, if I could add that word in there, through my faith or apart from my faith? I can't tell you how significant that, because I know a lot of Christians that say, you know, this is my God life. 
And this is my money life. And the two don't mix. There's a wedge between it. There's a barrier between my faith life and my money. I, I handle my money this way and I earn it. I make it and everything. I got that. But this is my faith life. This is my Christian walk. And God doesn't want us to, hear me please friends, God doesn't want us to go around our faith, but to handle our finances and our perspectives and our stewardship, not around our faith, but through our faith and through the word of God. All of our lives comes through him and not around him. Amen? I can't tell you how significant that is. I just can't tell you how significant. It's important for us to get honest and just tell the truth. with our. It's kind of like when people get pulled over from a policeman for speeding. That ever happened to you? Like, no one's admitting that. Listen, confession is good for your soul. It's bad for your reputation, but it's good for your soul. Now listen, it's important because, because here's the thing. We've all been pulled over. Most of us have. And then, and then the question is, what story are we going to tell him? You know, it's kind of like, did you see that speed limit sign, sir? It said 45 miles an hour. Yes, sir. Well, why were you going 70 miles an hour? And then here come the stories. Well, yeah, I had it on cruise control and I think it was stuck. I couldn't slow down. You know, my accelerator kind of just sticks. I'm on my way to my emergency. My wife's in labor and delivery right now. Why can't we just tell the truth? Sir, did you see the sign at 45 miles an hour? Yes, officer, I did. Why were you going 70 miles an hour? Because I just didn't see you. What? Try it, please. You could just get off with a warning instead of a ticket. I'm telling you, be honest. Be honest. God knows. And here's, the, here's, here's, I want, uh, here's what I want you to be honest with. First of all, take a deep breath, everybody. Just take a deep breath. And let it out. I use the word take it, but I want you to be honest. I want to be honest with you. You didn't take it. Almighty God gave it. He gave that to you. And I want to be honest with you. As hardworking as you are, as gifted as you are, as smart as you are, those of you watching, McKinney, hear me, friends, online, those of you that are vacationing and still staying connected with us here at Milestone, hear me. It's significant. As hardworking and as diligent and smart and as strategic, you didn't make it. God gave it. Can I hear a great big Amen. You didn't take it and you didn't make it. It's God who gave it. And when you realize that, you begin to realize, I need to be honest with God. I don't make it or take it. I receive it. And now I realize I'm not going to bypass God or go around God. I'm going to handle all of my finances through my faith, not around my faith. Too many people try to go around, you know, their faith. Yeah, I'll give you an example. How many know that you can't get to heaven without Jesus Christ? Yes or no? Yes or no? Okay, I just resign. I want to know what we're teaching here. You cannot get to heaven without Jesus Christ. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. But there's people all over the world trying to get to heaven around Jesus. You just can't do it. He's the only way. Ha, here's one, Exodus. The Bible tells us that the children of Israel said 
to Moses, you talk to us, but don't let God speak to us. In other words, we want to get right with God, hear me friends, without a relationship with God. We just bring us some rules and sell some laws and tell us how to handle this and how to do this, but don't really give us a deep abiding relationship where God can actually speak to us. That's a relationship. We don't want that. Hear me, you can't get right with God with rules. You can only get right with God through a relationship. Somebody say amen. And you begin to realize, okay, I can't get to heaven without Jesus. I can't get right with God without a relationship without Jesus. And in reality, I can't really find true fulfillment without going through my faith. One verse and we'll move on. Psalm 1611. I will show you the path of life. What path are you on? In his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And as it stays up just for a second, there are people trying to get to pleasures by bypassing and going around his presence and his word. And they cheat themselves of a fullness that God wants to bring them. The truth of the matter is, is you don't go around his presence You really need to go through his presence. I I want my path to be through his word, through the word of God, through his presence, not around it, because I don't want to cheat myself. I want to be honest with God and to myself that I want to do things God's way and not my way. Amen, everybody. Number two, right? Have a heart of honor. Have a heart of honor. Once I'm honest with with God, I'm going to honor God. I got it. I got it. I didn't make it. And I didn't take it. You gave it, Lord. And because you did, I'm going to honor you. Everybody say honor. honor. Honor is a physical expression. A physical expression. Really of appreciation. I'm just not thinking honor. I'm showing honor. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm, we're celebrating 4th of July this Wednesday. How many you know we live in a great nation and we have great soldiers and armed forces that protect us? Come on, let's give them some honor. Come on, what do we just do? Our applause was a physical expression of honor. I got on a plane to fly over here this weekend. They went first on the plane as a physical expression of honor. When you open the door for your wife, serve her, it's a physical expression of your honor for her. When you obey your parents and do what they tell you, that is a physical expression of honor. You can't think honor. Too many people just, well, I honor you. Don't think it physically express it and show it. Is this all right, everybody? Because it's the way God has designed it. Well, if you really are honest that I did, you didn't make it or take it, but God gave it, then are you honoring him with a physical expression? And what is that physical expression? Here it is. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. It is the expression of tithing and giving. 
So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. I come to realize that the way God wants us to express our honor is with a physical expression of our ties. The same way you just don't think an anniversary gift, you give an anniversary gift. Can I hear a great big amen to all the married couples out there? Well, I thought of you, sweetie. What'd you get me? Nothing. <laughs> you know, I love you, son. Well, what'd you get me? Nothing. No, no, it's a full expression, a physical expression of honor. I got it now. I got it now. And people say, well, you know, it's about money. No, it's not about money. It's about honor. And God says, I want you to honor me by being honest that you know you have received it. You didn't make it or take it. I ultimately have given you all good things. Malachi 3 says powerfully, now I know why this question is in the scriptures. Will a man, come on, rob God? And the question is, you have robbed me, but you say in what? And I'm going to say this, in honor. In honor. And the honor is through a physical expression called tithes and offerings. Listen to me. It's an honor thing. Friends, hear me. It's an honor. It's not a money thing. Money just happens to be the expression of the very honor that we show them. Oh, and I saw that. It radically changed my motivation. It radically changed the why behind the what in giving. I want to honor the one that gives it. And I thought about that because there's been so much wrong motivation in preaching the tithe. It's turned people off. It's turned me off as a pastor. I'm like, no, that's not what it's about. Let me just give you four quick things that tithing is not. Number one, it's not a get-rich-quick scheme. There's people that, you know, talk about how, you know, if you just give $20 on Sunday, you'll go to the mailbox and get $1,000 on Tuesday. Come on. Quit motivating people if they're in a desperate situation. Quit motivating people for, for out of greed. I know God can do supernatural things. I know God will, will never outgive God. I know uh, uh, an acorn produces a great big elk. I got that. But please don't let the motivation be desperation or greed. Is this all right, everybody? It's not pure. What's pure is honor. Number two, here's another one as it comes up. Prevention from trials. Well, if you just tithe, you won't have any more problems. That's just not true. I got, I got engaged New Year's Eve 1987. Got laid off New Year's Day 1988. I'd call that a trial. I was a tither. What in the world just happened? I'm being serious now. My father-in-law, that's my best man who happens to be my best friend. He said, my future son-in-law even have a job. <laughs> My best man, who's a best friend, he's like, no, but he's got potential. <laughs> Way to stick up for your best friend. That's all I had, potential. Being honest. Here's another one, exemption from stewardship. As if if you just tithe, that's all that God cares about. That is just not true. You and I are going to give an account for everything we've ever done and everything we've ever received before Almighty God.
He's not going to say, did you tithe? Yeah, okay, you're good. Come on. Our motivation is not irresponsibility. Our motivation isn't fear from prevention from trials. And our motivation isn't greed and desperation as a get-rich-quick scheme. One more. It's not a prerequisite for God to love you. God's love. Yes or no? That's his nature. You're not going to change him, whether you tithe or not. You just don't. He's not going to put some cancer on you. He's not going to stop loving you. His motivation, listen, God doesn't want you to give out of guilt, fear, irresponsibility, or desperation or greed. God says, honor me. Just honor me. Honor me. Be honest that you see you didn't make it and you didn't take it. And if you honor me, here it is, I'll upgrade your life. Because I believe honor upgrades your life. I tell that to my kids all the time. Boys, I've got two sons. Honor me. Honor me and you'll maximize me. I just tell them that. Honor me and you'll maximize me. It's just the heart of a dad. And God's the ultimate dad. Honor me. If you honor me, you'll maximize me. If you dishonor me and don't, don't honor me, I'm not going to stop loving you, boys. But I don't think you're going to maximize me. Because I've got a heart. So does God Almighty have a heart. We okay, everybody? Oh, man, we just want to just remove any barriers. It'll upgrade your life. Number three. Number three, have a heart of devotion. Somehow, this is kind of interesting. Somehow, money wants to be on the same level as God. And then become to try to divide you. Steal your heart away from you. Look, look at this verse of scripture as it comes up on the, on the screen. No one can serve two masters. He'll either hate the one or be loyal to the other. In other words, you can't put them all on the same plane. You'll try, but you can't. You just can't. You'll either drop one. You'll either love the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God of my mammon. Here's what he's saying. You can't have God number one and money number one. One of them is going to take a back seat to the other. And no one likes to feel number two, especially in intimate relationships like a husband and wife, and more importantly, between you and your Lord. <laughs> I used to be a T-Mobile customer a long time ago, and uh, we used to have a, uh, uh, those flip phones. Remember those little Star Trek things? You know what I'm saying? Beam me up, Scotty. You know, remember those ones you know, that flipped out? And they flip up, you know, and, 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 uh, and back then the speed dial was you hold down one of the top five numbers. It was the Fab Five T-Mobile did, you know, and, and it was really cool, you know. Now you can just, you know, speed dial and the iPhones are just like, I, I don't even use my fingers. I use my rear end sometimes and I butt call people. <laughs> Is that appropriate to say? Because I just said it. <laughs> and it's just crazy. It's like, did you call me? No. Something else did. I don't know. 
<laughs> it's crazy. But this one, you really had to hold down the number. And I still jack it. I like, sweetie, come here. Let me show you something. Come here, come here, come here. Come here. Watch what happens when I press number two for you. She looked at me. She goes, two? I'm two? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at this. Watch. I pushed two. And boom, it called her phone. I said, is that cool? She goes, no, it's not cool. Why am I number two? She goes, who's number one? And then I was like, I got all spiritual. So I was like, Jesus. She goes, well, you better get him on the phone right now. Because if he don't answer, I'm going to skin you alive. I need to be number one. Well, number one back then was your voicemail. You got to listen to all your voicemails when you press number one. I said, you're really number one, but we put you as number two to keep you humble in this world. I kind of liked it personally. Hear me. I want you to know something here. You cannot serve two masters. You'll love the one and despise the other. You'll keep them one and you'll drop the other one in number two. It really works that way. But here's the way money and treasure tries to steal your heart and replace God. Because it wants you to, it wants you to believe that it can replace Almighty God in what he can do for you. And that's why the Bible says in Mark 4.19... And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Money can buy you some stuff, but it can't buy you health. It can't buy you victory. It cannot buy the future and the destiny of your kids. Money can't give you peace. Money can't buy you joy in your life. Watch how many people have been taking their lives over the last few weeks. You know, people popular, famous, rich, but they don't have the peace of God, the joy of God in their life, and they're taking their life. Why? Because money cannot do for you what Almighty God can do for you. Keep God number one, everybody. It's true. It's a hard to divide. So what do we do? How do we make sure that treasure isn't the barrier to an encounter with God? I'm going to give you three words. Write them down. First one is this, simplicity. Come on, say it with me, everybody. Simplicity. Simplicity. Romans 12, 8, let him who gives do it with simplicity. Your Bible might say generously. I've come to realize that the generous person is not just how much he gives, hear me friends, but how he gives. He doesn't give reluctantly. He doesn't give argumentatively. When God says, would you honor me with a tithe? He doesn't argue. He gives with simplicity. You know, uh, it's just the truth. God loves a cheerful giver that's simple. And here's how simple God keeps it. Malachi 3 and 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And I looked at that and I was like, think about that. How much? God tells us how much. It's a tenth. He tells us which one. It's the first fruit, not the last fruit. And he tells us where. The storehouse. It's simple, but it's very powerful. Why does God tell us how much, which one, and where? So don't put up this argument. 
I say, well, is it really 10% or why can't I give it to the American Lung Association or give it to foster kids and why don't I just, you know, you know, why does it have to be my first one? Why can't I just be my last one? Why does God tell us that? To see how we are going to obey him or are we just going to argue with him? Like some people say, well, you know, it's Old Testament, it's the law, and, it's, and they come up with a bunch of reasons and argumentative reasons why they just can't say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I want you to realize they didn't just do it with treasure. They did it with the greatest treasure of all, which is Christ, 2 Corinthians 11.3. But I fear, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. People try to complicate Christ. and Well, is he really the son of God? And, you know, can anything good come from Nazareth? He, he shouldn't have parents. We know his mom and daddy. If he was really Jesus, he wouldn't have a belly button. All these crazy arguments. What is that? And they missed out on Christ. Why? Because can I just tell you this? From the heart, there can come simplicity. There can just come an argument. And God wants us to obey him with true simplicity. Number two, and also with sincerity. Don't just say it. Show it. Um, I loved how Paul said it. In 2 Corinthians 8, 7, and 8, see that you abound with this grace also. The whole context was about giving. And he said, this is why you need to give, to prove the sincerity, there's that word, of your love. I want to show it. I want to show my sincerity of my love. I don't want to just say it. I want to show it. I just want to show it. I want to express my honor so much, God. I wouldn't have what I have. I wouldn't be where I'd be without you. My family, my kids, my life, my breath, my strength, my mobility, my victories, even in my defeats that you've given me victory over. Come on, I mean, I just begin to realize, I just want to show you how much I love. I don't want to just tell you, I want to show you. I want to physically express my appreciation to you, God, with great sincerity. It proves something. Um... There's some, Pastor Steve told you that I launched a church in Destin, Florida. And it's so expensive in Destin. It's so expensive in Destin. I mean, I just, it's just unbelievable what's going on there. We just had a fifth, uh, five eighths of an acre open up next to us. And we're trying to get as much parking as we can. Five eighths of an acre cost us $1.3 million dollars. We're not even on the beach. You know what? I was telling Pastor Jay, y'all got 54 acres here. You know what I do for 54? You know what I do for five acres? No. It's unbelievable. And uh, it's expensive. So when we started our church in 2001, there was 12 pastors that said, Pastor, we love you. We believe in you. You got potential. I said, okay. Well, so I wrote them all a letter. Twelve of them. Hey, please help me. Please help me. Rent's so expensive. You said you believe in me. 
can you help me? Ah, one of the 12. One of the 12 came back and answered with a gift. Um, it was hurtful. I know they all loved me. I still love them. It's okay. But I want you to know, uh, I know the one that did. And uh, every so often when I think about him, I send him, he's in North Carolina, I send him a text. Thank you for loving me and showing it to me. Um, the apostle Paul had a similar need. Oh my gosh. He's trying to spread the gospel around the world. Tent making, doing the best he can. He sent a letter out to the Corinthians, to the Thessalonians, to the Colossians, to the Galatians, to his friends in Antioch. I'm sure everywhere. And to the Philippians. Because there was some need that he had. But not for himself, but for the furtherance of the gospel. Just like when we receive tithes and offerings. It's not for ourselves or for pastors. Listen to me. It's for the vision of this house to reach the lost. And to spread the gospel. And to, and to help people experience what you've experienced. And, and to just, just, just to do a work for God. To say, you changed my life. We want to change other people's lives. And Paul sent out a letter, and look at what the scripture says in Philippians 4. No church, no one responded but you. You don't think that took a mental note in his heart? Everyone, this is the reason why he wrote, and my God shall supply. Come on, somebody. All your what? according to his riches in Christ Jesus, I come to realize, I think Paul was saying, I want you to know something. Not only do I notice, heaven notices. Last but not least, sacrifice. God wants us to give with a spirit of sacrifice. It's not the amount. It's the sacrifice. It's the sacrifice. Because to a person that makes $100 a week, $10 is a sacrifice. It's a gift. It's a gift. Blood, sweat, and tears. Jesus saw a woman put two mites. And he's like, wow. What a sacrifice. And then he saw another woman give a whole year's worth of salary, break open oil on his feet and wash his feet with, you know, with oil. I mean, just rubbed his oil, feet with oil. And, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, why are you doing this? You're wasting it. Jesus said, that means everything to me. Why? Because it reminds him of him. Sacrifice. Simplicity, sincerity. And sacrifice. Had a little boy. His daddy was teaching him how to tithe. His daddy and mom, good dear friends of mine. They said, Pastor, send me a text. Can my son meet with you? Trying to teach him how to tithe. And he wants to bring his first tithe to church. He said, great. So he came up to me and introduced himself to me. And said hi to me. And, and uh, in, back in the green room. And he goes, I, I said to him, I was like, hi to what are you doing? He goes, I'm going to tithe today. I said, well, how'd you make your money? He says, I was hunting golf balls and reselling them. I said, those are mine. <laughs> Give them back. No, I, didn't do that. <laughs> I said, those were mine. And so 
I said, how much you make? He said, I made $56. That's a lot of money for a nine-year-old. I said, wow. What's the tithe on that, son? Because $5.60. Well, how much are you going to give? He goes, I want to give all of it. I said, why are you doing that for, son? I just want Jesus to know how much I love him. And I told him the story of the two mites and the oil. And I said to him, there's moments we give that God says this. You ready? I know it's a great sacrifice. I know it's a great amount. And I know it's in great hardship. And God says, I'll never forget it. It's a memorial in my heart for what you're doing. I don't know about you. We're going to take nothing with us. We fight for it and work so hard for it to realize we came into this world with nothing and we're going to leave with nothing. And I don't want to let treasure be a barrier to an encounter with Almighty God. Be honest. Be honoring. Be devoted. Give with simplicity, sincerity, and sacrifice. You received that today, everybody? What do you say we pray? Every head bowed and eye closed. Here we are, Lord. Honest before you. You know every heart. You read it with a glance of your eye. May every barrier be removed. And may we never let treasure be the wedge between us and you. Lord, let this word sink deep in our soul. We never, we never, we neither make it nor take it. We receive it. And so today, God, It's an honor and a privilege to honor you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you, everybody. Thanks for listening to this message from Milestone Church. We hope it's been an encouragement for you today. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast or discover who we are by visiting our website at milestonechurch.com. 